Chronicles of Zeal Delane. And, and uh, Shanti has written many different types of books across various various different genres, including science fiction, fantasy, his, and historical fantasy. And definitely she prefers science fiction herself. And one last but not least, uh, Shanti is a major advocate for anti-bullying, which you can find her talks everywhere you go. So Shanti, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad you're able to sit. I can finally say that you're the youngest guest I've ever had on the show. <laughs> Thanks. No, but uh, just tell me one thing. Like, what is it about being 15 and being a author of 22 books really feels for you? So it's in some ways, it's kind of surreal. I don't know if I've ever really gotten used to it. I guess in some ways I have gotten used to it because it doesn't register as anything that's particularly abnormal. It's just something I've enjoyed doing. When I was really young, I used to just love creating these little stories. I would like get all this paper and like create these little bound books. And then as I got older, I started learning more about self-publishing and I started really like improving my skills and now I'm here. Well, did you take a course on self-publishing or you just, just, you, you just, you just looked on, you just looked online, see how do you self-publish, you just write a, write, like basically write a story, get that edited, get that published. Sort of. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. And so it's, it's very unique because I know I'm writing my first book right now as a fiction writer and um, I'm 28 and we're about to get this thing published later this year but that's after a uh, after starting after writing the book back in like 2020 that's when I started writing that book and then basically when you're a working age person you know you gotta do you gotta pay the bills and all that that kind of puts your dreams get put to the backside and you gotta focus on making money so it's like one thing you have one thing i really admire that about you is that you have a lot of time to be able to make yourself a better writer in a way yeah and so yeah so well just wonder what would be, be your favorite genre to write you said science fiction in a way right yeah i'm really big on science fiction it's been my favorite genre probably since i was really young i um of course grew up on like star wars and there are other books like it's called space cat i don't know if you've ever heard of it. it's very um it's from like the 1950s but i um read it when I was really young and it was about this cat that goes to space and I really liked cats and I thought space was really interesting. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was little. I don't really think I'm brave enough to be one. However, I do enjoy writing about space and aliens and the future and really anything that I can think of. I'm going to guess that one of your favorite movies to watch as a kid was The Martian. I haven't seen it actually. <laughs> Dang it. That's, yeah, that, that's a very, uh, that's, that's like one of my most favorite recent sci-fi films and, uh, and books that I've like witnessed because you really get to enjoy yourself up in space and how you can really survive in Mars. So that's kind of what was intriguing about that whole story is how do you survive in, in a planet that's not hospitable to your way of living. <laughs> And so, yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of science fiction is like this how and this why and these like questions that really can be answered by a perspective from the future. Got it. And so, what is so do you normally feel like you're taking your own perspective of life that you've gained throughout your throughout the years and putting it into the books that you're writing? Typically, it depends on the book. There are some books where it's like I really do agree with what the main character is seeing and what they're describing and how they view the world. And I think there are some books where I really try to put pieces of myself in these characters. At the same time, there are also other books that are really just from my imagination and the characters and their beliefs I don't exactly agree with. However, I can try to understand. Yeah, and so what is your writing process like? So for me, I typically like to think the process begins the moment I have the idea. Often it will be really late at night and I'll just have to write, wake up to write this down. Other times I'll just be going about my day and then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, this is kind of interesting. What if I did this? 
or what if I did this? So there's these kinds of just like random ideas that pop into my head and I write them down. Sometimes I just write down a title and that title is like encompasses the idea enough. Other times I write down a sentence. Even sometimes I have a paragraph or a couple characters written. Um, and then that idea, it sits there in my, usually it's in my notes app. And sometimes I have to admit, I don't really get to those ideas immediately. I'm always working on a book. I'm always writing a draft. I'm always editing a draft. And so there's not a lot of time to just start a new idea. I don't like to like, I don't sideline any projects. I'm, I'm not going to like stop writing one project for another one. But then once that first draft is done, then there's a chance to actually go and write another book. And the kind of reason I say that is because when I'm done with my first draft, I tend to put it aside for a few months and then come back to edit it later when I have that room in my editing schedule. So then I actually start that new idea and I do the drafting. And then when I'm done with that first draft, it, it can be anywhere from one to three months, um, depending on how long the book is and how complicated it is. And then so once I'm done with that draft, I put it aside and the process begins again. And so this is what you've been doing for each and every book they've written since the age of 12. Yeah. Interesting. So tell me about, yeah, I'd like to know more about your background, you know, like just get to know more about who you are, where you come from, and what's the inspiring moment that just made you start, start writing? Yeah, so I grew up in Los Angeles. I lived there for 11 years, and then I moved to San Diego right before sixth grade started. And I think, I don't know how much um, where I grew up had an influence on what I write, other than the fact that I do tend to have a lot of stories that take place in either Los Angeles or San Diego. I like writing. Sometimes I'll have like local places in the books, other times just like that's where the city is and there's like little elements of that in there. I do think, um, I, I grew up kind of closer to the mountains and I also grew up with a lot of animals around me. We always had pets. Um, I grew up around three cats. So I've literally always had a cat and that was kind of influenced, that kind of influenced like what I wrote when I was younger. Um, a lot of my stories would involve like the mountains or nature. Um, we lived at the foot of the Angeles National Forest. Or um, they would involve cats. I just, when I was younger, I could always, I just always wanted to write about animals. Now, I tend to not write about animals as much. I prefer writing books about um, people and these new characters that I create. However, you know, there's still animals in my books always. One character has to have a pet. There's always going to be some element of like what I used to write in there. Right. And so the, <clears throat> the animals that you tried to find inspiration or whatever you tried to, do you feel... Uh, do you feel like it's just because like I want to really express myself through these animals? Is what you what was the main uh, catalyst of how you started writing? Or no, to, when I was younger, I didn't have as much of an experience writing about people. I think because it's I think it's a lot harder to write about people than animals because even if you're writing in the animal's perspective, there's still a limited worldview and there's going to be a limited personality. But with people. There's so much you have to think of. You can, yeah, you have to think about their education, their background, things they like, things they dislike, and all of this stuff. And when I was younger, I did have some characters in my books who were people. At the same time, I found that I just felt more comfortable writing about animals. I think a part of it was expressing myself. Um, when I tended to want to get my feelings out, I would actually put myself as a character in the story. So some stories have me as a main character. Um, and there are some like fictional characters I came up with. Their names were pretty bad. I would name them after elements. I have this one book. It's just a little short story I wrote. I've actually thought about rewriting it into a middle grade novel because it was that meaningful for me. And I wrote in like third grade and the main characters like are these brothers and they're named Fire and Ice. And I really don't remember, but I'm 99% sure they had powers based on their names. So, so I you know there's not a lot of creativity involved. Like Fire and Ice, that's a very, uh... 
Well, I would call it the most, like, fire could be considered as sinister, ice could be considered as healing, in a way. Yeah, I think it was the other way around. I think ice was the bad guy. Uh, seriously, how do you put make ice the bad guy? Because ice always know. puts out the fires. I, like, I, I have a feeling, because that was, like, one I wrote, and I'm pretty sure I'd read a book. I don't think it was similar to that, but it was, like, kind of a fantasy novel. And I don't know if I got the idea from there. But, like, I just thought, like, fire was this, like, really warm element, and ice was, like, cold and evil. And I used that to create the story. And I believe I was a character in that story somewhere. My cat was a character. But it was interesting enough that I, I think I have it somewhere. I think it's sitting on my desk. And I've thought about actually reworking the story with new characters, with more creative names, and a more creative background. And then actually maybe publishing that at some point. Because I've always also wanted to write for younger readers. I just, a lot of the stuff I write now is I can't. I tried the book that comes out in, I guess, three days now. I really tried to make it middle grade. And by the end, everyone's traumatized. Like, the world is ending. It's, I have problems when it comes to writing for younger readers. I just can't. Oh, because you're still young yourself, right? So that's one, yeah. one reason, because you're still trying to understand how younger readers feel. Because let's just say if I'm a certain age, let's say I'm 30, if I'm close to 30, and I've experienced being a young person, I can somewhat understand what there's, their problems are, how they manage to overcome those problems. So I think for you, it's just, it takes time for you to be able to really understand what youth feels like. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, on one hand too, I've really spent a lot of time kind of focusing on my style and I have to change my style a little for like middle grade. And I actually started practicing, I was writing, because you have to do more simpler sentences and I tend to kind of have sometimes these longer sentences or these really complex kind of prose. You just, you, just you just want to impress your English teacher, right? You're a little <laughs> you're a reading comprehension teacher. I can I can tell because uh, if, if you were back in school, you would be you know you'd be trying to make the best essay possible, the best write, written work possible to make sure you get an A in the class. Yeah, fairly. So it's like I think in some ways simplicity matters more than like complex writing. But whenever I write in third person, I try to let kind of, I don't know, I, I, it's more poetic in first in third person that it's like first person, I feel like I could do middle grade in just shorter sentences, a more basic world worldview, but third person is that, that's, always challenging. I don't know, I feel like third person is very, uh, I, I feel like third person, I think first person is easy to write, but third person is the best way to interpret someone's character. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And um, what is, just wondering, what, what's your favorite book that kind of inspired you to be a writer? I have so many answers with that, for that. Like, because through the years, I've read different books that I really, really enjoy. And each of those books has influenced me in some way or like, especially when I was really young. So when I was maybe about four, five, six years old, I read the book Space Cat. I really don't, I'm blanking on who it's by. I haven't seen that book in years. Um, and it's the one from the 1950s. And it's literally just about a cat that goes to space. And there's a whole series of them. Like he goes to Mars, there's kittens. And it's this really fun adventure series. And it's for younger audiences. And it's also like just highly like creative. And I think that was one thing that really like showed me, you know, you can actually write about cats and you can incorporate science fiction and have them still as the main character. Got it. And what is, so now going forward to these books, so I'm trying to remember, what was the first book that you written and you published when you were 12? So I had these two novellas that I wrote with a friend that are like technically my first published works, but they're not, they're not like my best work. So I tend to say like, oh yeah, you know, those were my first books, but I've actually moved on to like better things. So I feel like my first actual, again, it's so complicated because the first actual novel I wrote wasn't the first book I wrote. So I started writing the Biomblock series 
when I was in sixth grade. And the, that first book actually got split into three different books because it was quite long. And then while those were being edited, I went and wrote a new 100-paged um, book. That one, it's like a little shorter than the Biom... Actually, it's quite shorter than the Biomlock books. And that's called The Nightmare of Adelaide. So that was like my first published book since those novellas. Right. And so how were you able, how were you able to balance school and writing all these books at the same time? So in the beginning, I was like, you know, that was like 2020, 2021. So we were predominantly at home. I was at online school or if I was actually in person at school, it was only like twice a week because we were in hybrid by then. So I've really had a lot of time and I was able to go like walk to the park when I needed to write and I was able to write during class. Now I tend to find that I do have to think harder about my balance and I have to find ways to like write. Um, now I still do a thousand words every day. Sometimes I do 2000. I think I did like 1500 today. And usually what I do is I write during homeroom. And then I do just anytime I have like free time during class, I try to spend it writing. And then I do whatever I like, however much I need to do next at home after I've done my schoolwork or like in the middle of my schoolwork or before my schoolwork, also depending on like how much I have to do. Got it. Got it. And so now let's uh, let's delve into the book that you're looking to re- that, that you're planning on releasing this week, uh, which is the second, the sequel to Biome Lock. But could you tell me, like, tell us more about the series that you're writing about regarding Biome Lock? Okay, so the next Biome Lock book doesn't come out until spring. But Biome Lock, it's... So the first Biome Lock book came out in August. And the next one probably is going to come out in, like, April or June. I have a different book coming out um, in a few days. But, like, Biome Lock was... It was the first novel I wrote. And it was very difficult to write. Because I was starting to learn more about, like, all these characters. And actually how to write certain things. And how to, like, really find together this larger plot and when I started out I was writing in these actual shorter sentences with less detail and it was pretty bad and then I actually went back once I was done with that first draft and I rewrote most of it and I really added more rich detail to the dialogue and just to the sentences but then I had a problem where it was way too long because I I became a horrible overwriter so then that book had to be split into three books and it's gone through really really intense editing so the first book came out in August. The second one comes out maybe in end of spring slash kind of beginning of summer. And then I actually have a completely different different book that I started writing around a year ago and finished it pretty quickly. And then how, how, how all this editing for. I was going to ask, how long is this book? So the one that I have coming out on March 25th is approximately 88,000 words and around 400 pages. 400 pages. That's so hot. That's, I mean, for the first, how long, how long was the first book? Um, so for Biomlock, um, so originally Biomlock, when it was just one book, it was around 250,000 words, which is way too long to publish. So it got split into three books. I believe the first Biomlock book is around 58,000, second one 60,000, and then the third one's 90,000. And so what, what goes through your mind when you're looking through all these words, reading it over and over again, editing it, and, you know, got to make, make sure it makes sense? It must be a, well, a bit of an overwhelming process for you, right? It can and it can't be. I tend to split it up into chapters, but I'm really, really, really into editing editing because sometimes it's like I'll only edit twice a week um along with writing sometimes I try to do a chapter every day it really depends on like how whether or not I'm in school so over the summer I'm like really rigorous about editing and writing at the same time other times I tend to only write not not write I tend to edit a couple times a week and when I do I try to do like a chapter it also really depends on the deadline I have because I tend to set release deadlines for example for the book that's coming out on March 25th the Bane of Angel Fall Academy which is a standalone um that one i had the deadline for like kind of beginning middle of february to be done completely with like last rounds of editing and then once that was done i had to send it to my arc readers and everything so yeah i just like you know 
kind of depends on how much time. But with that, I was like actually editing like every single day to meet the deadline. And then towards the end, I started to realize like, okay, I'm fine. And then I actually like kind of spread it out a little more. Like, do you feel like is it just because you love to write, to love to edit, and you're not afraid of rejection or failure or anything like that? That's what's motivating you to just consistently write and like write, publish as many books as you can, right? Yeah, it's like, it's really something I enjoy doing. And not only do I really enjoy the process and I enjoy like going through like all of these new plots and like creating all these new experiences. I also really do enjoy sharing my work with other people and um, like, you know, like kind of creating a home for like readers. Yeah, so what will be your most successful book that you released so far? I have two answers for that. Um, if you if you think like my most talked about book, I would say it's You Won't Know Her Name, which is my novel told in poetry about bullying. But Never Dying has actually sold more than You Won't Know Her Name now, and Never Dying is really getting there. On social media, it's probably my most talked about book, especially on TikTok. I've had the most videos go viral about it. And then it's equal Never Taken came out at the end of November, and I'm in the early stages of plotting the third book. Right, and so how do you, man how do you use TikTok to market this? Because I know, I there's some people who have their own special social media platform to use. And I would say TikTok is your form of promotion usually. Like how does that, how do you normally promote those? Yeah, I think I do other social medias, but TikTok is mainly the one that I think has just been most beneficial to me. I think what's great about TikTok first off is you get to create these short videos. And I think videos can gouge people's attention more than actual posts do, especially shorter videos. So with this short form media, you know, I can talk about the plot of my book or share some quick writing tips or whatever I need to do. And that really attracts readers and also people who might not necessarily like to read, but maybe want to get started or maybe you're looking for a book to actually get them into reading. And that's how I can kind of market. For the most part, I found the easiest way to begin marketing on TikTok is to figure out, you know, what product you're marketing. Of course, for books, I have like, you know, there's a lot of authors on TikTok. And then I look and I kind of see what other people are doing and what videos are going viral and what kind of formats are working. And I don't necessarily think that copying someone's video is ever a good thing. And in fact, even when I'm inspired by someone, I don't actually tend to do that. I tend to kind of co combine a lot of different ideas I have. And basically, I have something that's like completely my own now. And I post it and I try different video styles until I find something that really works. And once I find something that works, I keep going with it. But I also think sticking to the same thing is not going to work. You have to find a variety of videos and different kinds of things and maybe follow some trends or make them about your product, your book, whatever. And it really does work. Like you must be making a good income on these books, right? Yeah. Why do you? Yeah, because in a way, um, how do you really, like, what's, what is, because uh, even now, after asking so many questions, I'm still kind of intrigued as to how you're able to write so many books all at the same time and be able to manage school all and all that stuff. Because not a lot of people like your age can, or even people my age can be able to do that. Yeah. But just out of curiosity, but uh, going forward, so what is what do you feel like you want to pursue going forward with uh, with these books? Like, do you plan on writing more books, or plan on writing? Like, do you plan on maybe adapting some of these books later on, or what's the plan? Yeah, really, I enjoy writing in all of its forms. So I think I'm always going to be writing novels. That's probably going to be my main thing. I've wanted to be a novelist since I was probably a toddler. So really, I imagine it's something I'm going to continue with. However, I also really like screenwriting, and I think I could potentially write for movies and television as well. And I do enjoy journalism, but I don't know if I would really turn it into a career. Um, however, there are some topics I do really enjoy writing about, so I think I could actually maybe on the sidelines be a journalist. And I also, I could ghostwrite, I could do short stories, there's all this stuff I can do within my field. So I also really like poetry too, so I could be a poet. 
there's just there's always just so much i can do yeah there is a huge window of possibilities that you can you could be because you I mean you're only 15 and you've got your whole life ahead of you in terms of finding the becoming a even a I, I can guarantee you, if you were to keep this pace from now to, let's just say, the age of 30 or 40, I would say you, you'd basically break all the records of all the four, of all the writer, all the major authors here in the U.S., or even from, from the beginning till the end, or even even around the world. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, it's uh, but uh, but at the end of the end of the day, uh, how do you maintain quality of each of these stories, even when you're trying to you know write so many books? So I really don't like to rush with my books. I really, I do think I take it slow. I don't, it's like, I don't think I necessarily write more than the adult writer. I mean, I, I guess some people I do, but I really just, the way I've learned to write every day, which is a lot of what, like a lot of actually, like a lot of authors do, just writing the same amount every single day. It's really all it takes. So it's like, it's not necessarily like I'm speeding through or, or writing all these sloppy words. Also, I'm, I'm a pretty clean writer. So sometimes like if I see something I want to fix, I just go ahead and fix it. I don't like tend to keep all these errors in my document. And then I think the easiest way to ensure that like you're gonna do a good job to editing is not to jump into it right away. Cause instead of you can leave the book aside, you can really go into it with a reader's perspective and be like, oh, you know, is this actually the best thing? Do I really enjoy this? So just doing like kind of almost coming at it with a fresh mind, like a few months later is really what works. I believe your family's highly supportive of, of your endeavors as a writer, right? <laughs> yeah. Cool. And so let's go, let's jump into another topic, which include, since we're running low on, short on time, um, do you want to, you've also are you're also a huge advocate for anti-bullying measures and, yeah. and really standing up against bullying. So what, what is that like for you? Like, what was the, what's the story behind that? So when I was in middle school, I got bullied really badly. And what I realized is I think a lot of schools, and this particularly pertains to middle school, but also elementary school and high school, they think, oh yeah, bullying is a part of the school experience. You know, it's going to happen regardless. And I don't really think that's true. I think, especially with middle school, and I really can't stress, stress this enough that most middle schools have a higher bullying problem. Also because these students are like growing up, but there's also, I feel like kind of um, an accountability that schools refuse to take. In my case, a lot of really severe, really horrible things happened to my sister and I, and we were just met with the response of, it's just middle school. And I guarantee, I don't I don't think I can talk about some of this stuff on air because yeah. it is really intense and yeah, yeah, yeah. inappropriate. Yeah. But basically the response was, it's just middle school, it happens all the time. And in what world are these things normal for 11 year olds to go through? So I really felt like there was just this kind of lack of like actual accountability and actual like zero tolerance policies. And really it's like, look, I know bullying happens a lot in middle school. Like I'm aware of it, but I do think we can change our mindset as to how we view this and teachers can handle it better. They can do more training about it and really schools can cultivate more um like re like embracing communities because even there are a lot of schools that kind of pride themselves on having these great communities but when you really look closer that's what the adults who aren't actually there think and really it's like the students might not feel the same way but that's what just they're told like oh hey welcome we're a great community we're like a family but then the school's more like this dysfunctional family that fights all the time <laughs> yeah i know schools uh... Even I had my share of really bad experiences when I, when I was in middle school and high school. That's for sure. I it's just more like one thing is that I just I just kept moving forward regardless of whatever happened to me. That's my that I mean 
That will be my word of advice to a lot of people out there. It's just, if whatever happens to you, you take it as a motivator saying, let's, let's make, let's move forward. Let's be strong about it. But at the same time, really protect the others from, from any, any sort of bullying from other people out there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, you know, they really need to have these resources available that they're not like given at their school. Right. So... Yeah, that's uh, that's very. Uh, that, I mean, that's a very deep topic that I feel like we could that could be another topic of discussion, like maybe another time. Yeah. But now, what since we're running a little short of time, um, what will be your so so what 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 are the next couple of books that you're looking to publish? So other than these, this one book you said is coming out this week, and the other one that's coming out in a couple of months. Yeah, so the Beta Visual Fall Academy releases on March 25th, and then Bio Blackout, which is sequel to Bio Lock, probably releases end of spring, um, beginning of summer, and then alongside that one, so probably either in that same month or a month later. And I don't actually know the whole timeline yet for like the exact month. I just know kind of the season because I usually don't. I won't be able to figure that out until the Bane of Angel Fall Academy comes out because I don't want to like stress myself out with more deadlines. So then Biome Nightmare, which is actually a crossover of Biome Lock and The Nightmare of Zyle Delayed, which are two of my um, older books, um, that's going to come out to promote, alongside to promote um, Biome Blackout. It's actually as long as a regular novel. It's just kind of this supplemental content. And after that, I believe I have a book called Little Green Man. I've actually already posted the cover reveal for that book. I just, that was one that I kind of spontaneously yeah. got the cover for over the summer. Do you do and... all these, pro- yeah, sorry about that, sorry about that. I was going to ask, do you do all these promotions yourself or do you have someone helping you? For the most part, I manage my marketing all on my own, which can be incredibly difficult. I think marketing is much harder than the writing and editing process, especially when you have so many books to manage. So there's like some books I really, you know, want to start like talking about, but I really can't start promoting them until after the Bane of Angel Fall Academy comes out and so it's like and then there are some books you know that I've released it's like I kind of have like lessened on the promoting of just because I have newer books to promote and you know I've I have 13 published books um and that's 13 out of the 22 that I've written and it's like 13 is really hard to manage so you know once I have more books out you know like 20 30 however many it's a challenge I feel like typically what I have to do is I just have like one book that's doing extremely well so I can kind of have that book like always being promoted and then whatever my current right. okay. is, and then I kind of have to swap them out. So it's it's a lot. Yeah, I definitely need to learn from you because yeah. with all of these, go- I mean, just me writing my own first book, first real novel, that that's put taking a lot of time for me. And I realized that uh, you, you just churning out books left and right and marketing all of them and maintaining yourself with school, that's just like something I don't think I'll be able, I was ever taught to handle that well. Yeah, I think it's one of the things you have to learn, like, young, but at the same time, I don't think you're ever too old to learn it. So it's like, you know, it's just, yeah, it was, I got, I got also got lucky with, like, the timing of, like, the pandemic and all. But then it was also, it was, has really been a challenge to, like, manage writing in high school, but I've been doing it successfully so far, so. Very cool. So I think we're, as I mean, I think this is probably the third time I said we're running out of time, but, uh. Yeah, what would be your final, what would be your, what, what advice would you give to young writers out there and people your age who are looking to make something of themselves? So I mentioned it earlier, but first off, set reasonable goals and write the same amount every day. I can't stress how important it is to just find what works to you and stick to it because then you're kind of teaching your brain, um, like this is, you know, what we're going to do and you're developing this habit that's extremely important. 
otherwise i'd recommend um like you know never letting your age get in the way i truly believe you're never too young or too old to write a book so i guess it's kind of this advice falls for um like anyone really just don't let your age or your doubts get in the way because if you do it's like it's almost worse than writer's block and also when you're writing your first draft don't worry too much about whether or not the book is good or bad instead just focus on getting the words out and then when you're editing you can actually really like polish up the book all right cool shanty thank you so much for coming on the next in time podcast and we'll look forward to seeing the number of books you're looking to publish in the next couple of weeks months and years thank you